Hello and welcome back to another episode of the City SC Reports Weekly Recap. I'm Matt Baker, here to bring you all the latest news and rumors from St. Louis City SC over the past week. It feels weird to say, but we're now on the other side of City Park opening. This week centered around two events on one jam-packed day, with the kit reveal and the opening of St. Louis City SC's new home. We'll hit all the markers on that fun-filled day, and we'll also cover some news that you may have missed while caught up in all of that excitement. There was a preseason tournament announced that St. Louis City SC will be participating in over a three-week period in California. We learned a whole lot more about the MLS streaming package that will be on Apple TV, and our MLS roster got a boost with some very familiar faces being announced. And while the expansion draft did happen since our last recap, full coverage of that can be found on the regular City SC Report podcast this week, where we did a special collaboration with Flyover Footy to provide in-depth coverage of that entire event. Check it out wherever you get your pods on both feeds. But we'll start with obviously the biggest thing to happen this week. Wednesday, November 16th, saw the inaugural home kit, the City Kit, that St. Louis City SC will wear in 2023 and 2024 revealed. A press conference was held at Purina with multiple Purina executives, along with Dennis Moore, Chief Revenue Officer of City, where the partnership between City and Purina was covered, we saw plenty of four-legged friends, and almost to the minute, an intro and reveal by Dennis of the kit launch video that revealed our fully City Red inaugural kit. As always with branding and kit unveilings, a detailed description of each part of the kit was put out. Now let's look at each portion of the kit along with City's explanation for its significance. Starting with the neck tape, our city, our home. This is a declaration that we stand up for everyone in our region, the spirit of a new St. Louis. Serving as the sleeve partner on the right sleeve is BJC Healthcare, a proud STL-made organization providing world-class care to our players and our community. The primary crest is emboldened on the left chest. This crest embodies the identity of our club and the city we call home. Lines represent the confluence of the two rivers that define our region and our iconic landmark, the Gateway Arch. The word mark prominently leads with city as our name, and the SC stands for both soccer club and soccer capital. The left sleeve has the MLS crest and the Apple TV logos. The MLS crest is displayed in city red and river blue and is paired with the Apple TV mark, highlighting the new milestone partnership. Displayed prominently in the middle is Purina, St. Louis City SC's official jersey partner. Born and bred in St. Louis and dedicated in bringing pets and people together, Purina will be emblazoned across the center of our jersey. The kit itself is split into two vertical halves, the left being all city red and the right with an arch pattern. Abstracted boldly along one side of the jersey is the iconic geometric pattern echoing the steel plates of the gateway arch a first-of-its-kind design collaboration between City SC and Adidas, fashionably symbolizing this monumental moment in our story. Finally, the jock tag has the City of St. Louis flag, a stamp that proudly showcases a modern interpretation of the city flag of St. Louis, the inspiration for the colors of our inaugural home jersey. Along with these are the river blue and energy yellow lines that run along the neck, shoulders, sides, and back of the kit to frame it with a unique and stylish feel. The authentic version of the kit that is on sale now has every one of these features. However, if you're opting for the replica, be aware that aside from materials differing and a looser fit that we're familiar with, the energy yellow on the neck and shoulders, the BJC, MLS, and Apple partner marks on the arms, and the city flag are all absent, making a noticeable difference between the replica and authentic. And based on many conversations I've had, has led to a lot of people who may have pre-ordered a replica to already exchange it for an authentic. So, the kit was revealed at Purina at 11 a.m. Following that, uh, while the Lou Fuse Plaza was being set up, 
lines already started forming in advance of their going on sale at noon. The lines moved quickly, and soon you saw a plaza filled with people holding and wearing the kit. A truly remarkable and probably the first pinch-me-is-this-real feeling of the day. Adidas was also on hand with a special patch that said inaugural season 2023 that they were handing out for free and pressing on kits for free as well, right behind the pre-order tent. As soon as the kit went on sale, the city pavilion also officially opened for business. Across the street from the stadium and right next to the first practice field, the city pavilion is a two-story team store and coffee shop with a huge selection of existing and new gear that will now serve as the everyday team store for the club on match days and beyond. A full slate of programming was also on the agenda at the Lufuse Plaza, from food and drinks from Balkan Treat Box and Steve's Hot Dogs in their outward-facing area of the stadium, along with numerous food trucks parked alongside 20th Street, music throughout by DJ Moff, Lexidus, the St. Boogie Brass Band, Sir Eddie C. and Friends, along with a performance by the German Cultural Society, and two incredible dog challenges hosted by Purina. This, of course, led up to and coincided with the opening of Luligan Street. The area between Olive and Locust on 21st Street, right next to the Schlafly Tap Room, serves as the official pregame spot of the St. Luligans, St. Louis City Punks, and their related supporter groups. If you didn't make it out for the Leverkusen match, I highly recommend at least stopping by to see the festivities next year. With plenty of media covering it as well this year, you can check out such as KMOV's coverage for a taste as it was busy, loud, and fun. During the tailgate, on the second floor of Schlafly, we were treated to a collaboratively hosted podcast Q&A session with Manuel Veth, who St. Louis fans should know and love now from Transfermarkt, a contributor to Forbes, and a host of the Gig and Press pod. The newsbreaker for just about every international player signing that St. Louis City has made so far, Manuel was interviewed by Phil from Flyover Footy and Carver from the BVB podcast. We were treated to deep dives on a host of topics from Manuel's takes on our overall roster, how Leverkusen has and will look, the impact of a fall World Cup on German and other European soccer leagues, can Bayern Munich remain dominant or will they face a terribly timed World Cup hangover, and does he feel City has worthy DPs in the scope of MLS in Klaus and Leuven? Spoiler alert, that's a resounding yes. Many more topics were also covered that fans of German soccer, St. Louis soccer, and soccer in general will appreciate. I believe as this is coming out, it's already available on the Flyover Footy podcast and will be available on the BVB pod feeds as well, so check them out if you haven't already. When that wrapped, it was time to prepare for the first ever march to the match. Starting from the alleyway behind Schlafly, heading west, and then south on 22nd Street to the stadium, led by Fleur de Noise and accompanied by hundreds of supporters, St. Louis got their first taste of what a supporter's march to the match is like in downtown St. Louis. While the path and details may change between now and the first MLS match, there is no doubt that despite the freezing cold and darkness, fans were loud, excited, and you could feel a special moment in the air. As thousands packed every gate around City Park, the supporters led the charge into the Northwest Gate, and in what I hear to be a similar story, passed through the new state-of-the-art metal detectors with relative ease. This piece of tech enabled fans to enter without removing items from their pockets and seemed to work pretty well, especially for the first run. Inside the stadium and before the match, well, it was truly an experience to behold. I'll speak from my viewpoint because every single person had a different, but no doubt similar story to tell. It's one thing to be in the stadium with only a few others. It's special, don't get me wrong. But this night, with tens of thousands around me, with players, my players on the field warming up, the lights on, the music, drums and flags waving, 
the ambient noise of the crowd slowly crescendoing, you couldn't help but getting lost in the moment. Standing there, looking out on the field, taking it all in, it was one of the most surreal feelings. A feeling of truly crossing a finish line. The push for a team, the votes, the construction, the timelines, the recent power issues, all the talk was done. It was here, and seeing it all, being in it for the first time, it was hard not to get a little choked up. But I'll tell you, once you had the introductions and the players took the field in formation and the ball was kicked to the familiar yet booming STL, STL chance, it was a familiar yet grander intensity to cheering on our boys like we've always done. So the match happened, and I would argue that we held our own fairly well. They controlled possession almost 2-1 to one and ended up winning 3 to nothing. But if you look at their goals, you saw a combination of some issues that City 2 had this year of being beaten on the counterpress, getting caught too high. But you saw a lot of what, to me, was the most crisp passing that I've seen in years in this Leverkusen team. This team, who brought essentially their first team minus their few World Cup players, were in mid-season form, and you could tell they were an elite-level talent. Their footwork, pace, and ability to pass in the most unexpected lanes, along with elite-level finishing ability, proved to be the result that many assumed would occur. But, as I tweeted the night of, this, to me, was still the type of send-off for City 2's inaugural season that they deserved. They were robbed of their City Park finale and playoff game matches, so this, to me, was a culmination and celebration of all that they gave to us this year, just as much as it was a treat for the fans to see them play a team like Bayer Leverkusen. Now, as with any soft launch, test opening, however you want to describe it, there were lessons learned. Issues people had, from those massive concourse bottlenecks to everyone figuring out the food and the city go situations to parking in general. If you're in the Facebook fan groups, you're probably tired of hearing about them by now. But I'll tell you, every bit of feedback that anyone has is valuable feedback for the team to build towards next year. Be nice about it, of course, but whether it's a comment in a forum, a tweet, or responding to the survey that the team sent out on Thursday, constructive feedback is how we'll get from Wednesday to next March where we want to be. It felt like we waited forever for the day to arrive, and for me at least, it flew by almost as fast. So let's pivot a little bit and look at the other news items that came out before and after that amazing day in downtown St. Louis. First, City was announced as one of 12 teams that will be participating in a preseason tournament next year, the Coachella Valley Invitational, at the Empire Polo Club in Indio, California, part of the greater Palm Springs area. This is the second year for this Invitational, with last year's being a closed-door event as the first. The Invitational, which will likely be more of an event as opposed to an actual tournament, will run from January 29th through February 18th. Tickets will go on sale for anyone looking for a little vacation and maybe seeing City in preseason action. A preseason soccer tradition, similar to how we view Cardinal Spring training, does sound like a great tradition to start up. And this week also brought us a lot more clarity into the MLS streaming service on the Apple TV platform. This news came out the same day as the kit reveal and match, and it might have flown under the radar for most. The service will officially be called MLS Season Pass. And while the overall information has been known for a while, like all games will be available through the MLS service on Apple TV's app, with no blackouts or restrictions, and include all MLS matches, all League's Cup matches, MLS Next Pro and MLS Next, we now have confirmation on some rumored aspects that will drive a lot of fan experiences beyond what's on the app. First, the pricing. Let's start with a reminder that season ticket holders for all MLS clubs, including St. Louis City, 
will have this service for free as part of their season ticket. Apple expects between 300 to 400,000 subscribers to fall into this bucket. For all others, starting February 1st, fans can subscribe to MLS Season Pass on the Apple TV app for $14.99 a month during the season or $99 for the whole season. And Apple TV Plus subscribers can sign up at a special price of $12.99 per month and $79 per season. Other details in the announcement were that in addition to airing for free the opening week headliner of El Trafico, LAFC versus LA Galaxy at historic Rose Bowl Stadium, all matches during the MLS's back opening weekend will be available to watch for free on the Apple TV app. Throughout the season as well, a selection of MLS and League's Cup matches, including some of the biggest playoff matches, will also be available at no additional cost to Apple TV Plus subscribers, with a number of matches available for free on the Apple TV app. Fans will be able to watch MLS matches featuring English and Spanish broadcast crews, and they can easily listen to a club's home radio broadcast, which for St. Louis City is heavily rumored to be KMOX, on the Apple TV app itself. Here's the real important factor for all fans to know, regardless of if you're interested in the streaming service. For most matches, and some Wednesdays, but mostly on Saturdays, the start time will be 7.30 p.m. local time, with pregame coverage beginning at 7 p.m. Eastern time. A few matches each week may air at other times, but MLS's complete 2023 schedule isn't going to be announced until mid-December, so if you're planning ahead, and especially after the schedule is released, be planning around that Saturday, 7.30 p.m. Central Time kickoff for home City SC matches. Finally this week, City SC made two additional roster moves, exercising the 2023 contract option for midfielder Celio Pompeu and signing midfielder and defender Akil Watts. Both are on one-year deals with club options for 2024, 25, and 26 for Watts, and 2024 and 25 for Pompeu. First, Celio Pompeu, at 22 years old, plays primarily a wing role on either the left or right sides. He's made 24 appearances with 20 starts for City 2 in MLS Next Pro regular season, scoring five goals and providing five assists. The Fortaleza Brazil native had the most successful dribbles with 49, and the second most key passes with 46 in the entire league. Akil Watts, also 22, has made 24 appearances with 23 starts for City 2, finishing the season with 7 assists, the most on City 2, and 4th most in MLS Next Pro. The former U.S. youth national player scored 6 goals, which was tied for 2nd on City 2, and logged the team's 2nd most minutes throughout the season with 2,053. As an international before, Watts featured in 17 games for the U.S. U-17 men's national team at the 2017 CONCACAF U-17 Championship and the 2017 FIFA U-17 World Cup, where he was coached by current City 2 head coach John Hackworth. Akil is being listed as a defensive midfielder by the club, though we know from experience and interviews with Hackworth that he is more than capable as a fullback too. Congratulations go out to both players. They were on just about everyone's shortlist for who we wanted to see elevated to the first team, and both are more than deserving. Well, that's all for now. It's been a historic and memorable week, but hopefully that catches you up on everything going on with St. Louis City SC. I'm Matt Baker. You can follow me at MattBakerSTL, and don't forget to follow our entire group at CitySCReport on Twitter and everywhere else, just in case our favorite bird app decides to disappear. Thank you for joining me here at City SC Report's Weekly Recap. Be kind to each other and have a great week ahead.